Hello everyone, welcome to Tea Time Reports. This is Trevor and I'm joined by Brandon, Logan, and Caden. And we're doing a USFL and Chill episode. We only have one more week of this little sub-series as well as the power rankings. And then we're just going to be doing the playoff kind of reviews and recaps. But some interesting information out of the USFL as of yesterday and kind of today. But the Memphis Showboats, Michigan Panthers, and Birmingham Stallions have already started selling 2024 tickets um, and season tickets. So, you know, if you're in those areas, definitely make sure you buy them. They're incredibly cheap and it's a vibe. Um, and then I just want to kind of touch up on, I guess, offensive stat leaders and some defensive stat leaders. But briefly, just want to talk about the TV ratings for week nine. Uh, very solid and consistent. Um, Pittsburgh versus Michigan on Fox got on average 700K, which is okay. Uh, Memphis versus New Orleans on NBC and CNBC. Um, average around 617 and 531. They did have a rain delay, um, which did suck. But and then Houston versus Birmingham on NBC was averaging around 665,000, which is, you know, I want to see more on NBC there, but I get it. Um, it's not really a playoff game yet. But the New Jersey and Philadelphia game on Fox was really a standout game, probably game of the year for game me. Game of the year, 100%. It, it was amazing. Um, it averaged 903,000 viewers on Fox. So I, I just definitely. Me and Caden talked about some of the games this past weekend on our Power Rankings episode, but I do want to kind of get your guys' opinions, Logan and Brandon, um, on, I guess, what you guys thought of Week 9 for the games you did see and, and, and stuff like that, and your bets, Brandon. Real quick, talk about those. What's, what's been the highest-rated game this year? Um, week 4, New Orleans versus, gosh, I think Pittsburgh. It was like 2.083 million. Oh, so they've been up there in the Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. yeah, definitely. Um, and, and you, you know you want to see on average you know hopefully next year on these bigger networks a million mm-hmm. but it, it's still good that they're mm-hmm. averaging over 775 on most of their major cable networks I just want to see them get their games off USA and uh, FS1 those networks yeah. are really small and they don't really reach enough people so just something to think about I, I think they'll probably work on that but it just also comes with they need to get their teams now, the home markets obviously you would expect some growth but compared to last year like how oh it's a lot better going, yeah. it's a lot better in my opinion they were averaging you know 500 to 650 I would say and then they would have some peaked games like the first opening game was like 1.5 mm. um, the championship game was I think 1.8 million and the playoffs did well but uh, the 2.083 million in week four of this season, that was the best performance they ever did. Yeah. And that was week four. Yeah. So just something to think about. I mean, going into the playoffs, I definitely want to see, on average, at least 1.3 to 1.5. But, you know, if they do like 900 to like 1.1, that's not great, but it's okay. Because they're making money. They're projected to make $40.6 million on ad revenue. They have 804 companies buying in on ad time. Um, they're they're making money. They made money last year. Mm-hmm. They're going to make double, maybe even triple this year, as opposed again to the XFL losing sixty million in their first season. I don't know if they're going to be kicking off next year, but we'll see. But um, Brandon, what were your thoughts on some of these games in Week Nine? And uh, give us your, I guess, MVP front runner and some of those stuff. Give us some awards that you want to guess on who's going to get those. Alex oh. Magoo. Alex Magoo. We'll Alex stick with that. Magoo? MVP frontrunner, he's taken it, and he's. I think he's just grabbed it by the balls and just made it his, yeah. pretty much. There's really no other way around it. No ifs, ands, or buts. Um, I mean, from what I've seen in the last couple weeks, all that really comes close is Mark Thompson, which... Yeah, we, we saw this weekend. He's Yeah, they kind of went head-to-head, and yeah. Magoo's kind of solidified himself as the frontrunner. So, another three-touchdown performance, and... 
he just displayed pure talent and class and just swag all over the field. Um, whether it was that fucking, what was it, like 40, 50 yard dot right over the middle <laughs> yeah. in the end zone. Like, come on, man. Like, that's an NFL type he of just, throw right there. Or if, it, if it's him doing a read off into the right, taking it in for the end zone himself. Like, he can do it all. And you can tell that he has that team bought in and willing to play for him. And he's a true leader, you know? And he gets mo- he gets emotional, he's passionate, and it gets the best of him sometimes. But you, you want to see that from your leader, you know? You don't want to see him lose his cool, but you want to see a leader who's passionate, exactly. emotional about the game, his teammates, you he know? Wants to win. Yeah, for sure. At the end of the day, like, he's going to go in there and put his fucking life on the line for them. And you like to see that, and it's it's working out. He's seeing the fruits of his labor, and I, I think he's going to win MVP because of that. Um, but week nine as a whole, man, that was a fucking great week to be, yeah, was. Uh, I guess, a viewer or a spectator of the USFL. Yes. Um, especially, like, for myself. I feel like I couldn't have come in at a better time. I said that already. I'm going to keep saying it. Because each week's just been better. And this week's by far the best week. And I'll just start with the game of the year from what I've seen so far. Um, with my own eyes watching and just looking back at just other highlights and box scores and um, stat lines this, this season. But man, Philadelphia and the Philadelphia Stars and the New Jersey Generals. Wow. Honestly, don't into it. I'll touch on my bets too. I thought the Stars were going to win. I had them outright. I picked the money line. That was one of them that let me down this weekend. But overall, I just... I you couldn't even, even think, be mad at it, though. No, <laughs> you couldn't. But honestly, I didn't even think Philly was in it much of the game. But they just their <laughs> offense just kept bringing it back. And for some somehow, some way, they just kept getting the ball back in the fourth quarter and had a chance. But It was 37-16 going into the fourth quarter. Which is crazy. You know what happened? The, the final score, final score was 37-33. You know what happened? Case Cook is happening. Case oh, Cook. he did. And honestly, if it wasn't for Magoo, I think he would have to get some consideration for MVP. Obviously, the team's performance and the record has to go into it as well, even though their defense is just piss poor. Yeah. Um, I Honestly, from what I've seen so far, they're the Detroit Lions of the USFL. <laughs> as far as how they started last season, like top three, I think. They had the number one offense last year, going into the first like six weeks, scoring-wise, I think. Yeah, they started out they one and four. The, yeah, the Lions. but they're, they're scoring oh, offense. The yeah, the Lions. Oh, yeah. The Lions, yeah, yeah, sorry. Um... The Lions' offense started out, I think, number one in the first like six weeks last they were, year. They were, uh, and they were tied. Their for defense, second. their defense was like thirty first, thirty second, and that's how I sort of view the Stars. Um, They're able to score. Yeah, they, they are. But and it's going to keep a minute. But their defense has to be able to make stops, and the Generals are just having their way with them yeah. all night. Whether Darius. it was Darius Victor or the opening kickoff return, mm-hmm. or the little trick plays they were doing, like I don't know what that was. Um, in the third quarter, when they handed it to Victor, and he just sort of yeah flopped it over to, to, to yeah flopped it over to Brady Bowman, yeah. and they got and every like all over the field, dude. There was just stars, I guess, from not the stars, yeah. You know, if you want to put it that way, but Corey Coleman had a day. He though. did him and Cookus. They just they were mm-hmm. cooking, I guess. Yeah. You know, Indeed. but that was a great game. I'm glad I was able to watch that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Going on to the next one. I was touch on the Michigan Panthers and the Pittsburgh Mahler game. Shout out to your Mahlers, man. Yes. They're looking, they look good. Um, Troy Williams had a good first drive on yeah. um, that first touchdown pass. They just have um, the worst offense in the league. Yeah, it's just not even funny. Like they legit struggle to even put together a, like a five minute drive. But it's weird because then you'll like get an explosion, um, and then they'll like go off. Like mm-hmm. they played Philly a couple weeks ago. It was thirty seven to thirty one. They lost. And, you know, they, they, they're they able to do it. They have the players. 
They just don't have the offensive play calling. And it didn't happen this week. They scored, but their defense got four fucking interceptions. Yeah, Josh Love just looked terrible. <laughs> he did. Two he had them, a couple great throws, but... He did. He just two of them were not his bad. fault, but I, I will say it was, they needed to pull him at, like, the first quarter. And once again, no points in the first half. Yeah. Lowest scoring uh, first half team. And that's led to their demise, you know, but Pittsburgh, they also got out to an early start, and their defense just sort of rode it to the, the rest of the game, and... um. But Hikatini, shout out to him, former Giant. Um, Louisville Cardinal, fifth touchdown of the season. He's, um, he's Josh, been great for them. Josh Love's only passing touchdown that game. Um, but I would yeah. have liked to see EJ Perry or Brian Lewerke come in and just see what they got. You know, Pull Josh after the fucking third pick of the first half and get Lewerke in there. Just let me see what he has. They got Michigan State they guy. Did they a barrier? Yeah, he, he's on the Generals now. Actually, yeah. that's some bullshit. He's the only, he won them uh, like two games last year, the Panthers, and they cut him a couple weeks ago. <laughs> and now he's on the Generals. Um, mm. But I just want to talk about Ruben Foster and Keavitz, as you know. Like, I think they're the best linebackers in the league. I say this yeah. every week, but, like, they're always around the ball. Ruben Foster was on three of those picks. He dropped deep in coverage, made Josh Love layer a ball too much, and it went right into the safety's lap. I mean, he was a consistent playmaker for them. And I just think, I don't know any Northern team that wants to face that defense mm. in the playoffs. No. So I, I'm just saying, if they do get in, then they're the probably yeah they're gonna they're it's defense. crazy that they're still a contention like that is every that team is, every team that is division crazy is. every team except the stallions are still in contention yeah. and going back to the generals too like even deandre johnson and daryl stewart they were linking up too on like two or three deep balls he had a, um deandre johnson had a couple of questionable plays and throws but it was 15 or 20 yeah but every everybody was doing their part and then some on the generals team that day you got a question, where was this play calling the, the yeah, whole year? Like, exactly. It was so creative and, and fun. And from what I know, they were, what was the record Nine last year? 9-1, yeah. They were one of the best teams in the league, if not the best team in the league, rec- yeah, record-wise. The, they the, had Devontae Turpin. The the best, mm, the best, it. It's the but, best rivalry, by the way. Yeah. They went 9-1, and, and the Stars went 6-4, and four, and the Stars knocked them out of the playoffs. They fucking hate each other. There's always yeah. fights and just extra yeah, Always They lived up to it. They lived up to it, that game for sure. But, um... I wanted to get your thoughts as well, Logan, on these first two games. The the Stars and the um, the Generals, then the, the Maulers and the Pan- Panthers as well. So, Maulers, Panthers, that's one that Josh Love kind of just... Yeah, he just... It away. Four picks. Oh I mean... I, did, I didn't watch all these games, so I don't really know. You watched the Stallions versus the Houston yeah, game. Do I you want to touch that on that? Um, I mean, yeah, it was just... Kenji Bahar sucks. Yeah. No offense. Yeah. Um, but I mean, maybe he's still injured. Maybe the ankle's still bothering him. He's not, it does kind of sound like that. Maybe he was running effectively. It's just like Until he, he slips. Needs, to, needs <laughs> yeah. to make better decisions. Needs to not stop turning the ball over so much. Yeah. That's what kills him. One in four, the um, gamblers are in games where he turns it over. And you know what? Um, Magoo didn't even have that great of a game. Like he had a good game, but like he's had better games this year. Mm. It's just like it was handed to. the than a sort of platter. It, it really was. Especially in the fourth quarter, yeah. I feel like. Because it, it, it was, was a close game. Well, I'm not going to... I, I don't want to just say that it was handed to Magoo because the gamblers actually no, do it was handed to the, the team. It was handed to the team. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree because Kenji wasn't doing them no. any favors. No. Um, but what were your thoughts, again, on like Alex Magoo and also Defensive Player of the Week, Quentin Poling, uh, linebacker for the, for the Stallions, 11 tackles, two tackles for loss, a pass deflection, and I believe a pick. 
He had a monster game. Wow. It's his yeah. second Defensive Player of the Week award this year. Jeez. He's a name for himself. He is. What were your thoughts on, I guess, you? we were ta- We always talk about how they always have like kind of a sus defense. What were your thoughts on their defensive performance this Stallions? week? Stallions? Yeah. Oh, I mean, they, I mean, well, here's the thing. Kenji kind of just gave it to them. He yeah. really did. But, they, I mean, they smothered them. Mm-hmm. Mark Thompson didn't do shit. Um, and they have was, the That seven. was the other MVP. Yeah. And then he had... What forty yards rushing or something? He had like fifty-seven that? yards yeah, rushing. No touchdowns like compared, touchdowns. To, compared to three last time they faced yeah. off. So I mean, that's the story of the game right there. And, and I, that was the seventh-ranked rush defense. And I actually, I, I I was looking at the stats oh, like a couple yeah. minutes ago, and I, I noticed that the Stallions had twenty-one minutes of possession time, so the Gamblers thirty-eight. Minutes. Yes, they failed on offense. And like, how do you dominate the time of possession that much and lose by twenty points? <laughs> Like, 23 to be exact. That's, that's mm-hmm. crazy. So, I mean, the gamblers just sputtered out at the wrong time. You know, they probably don't deserve to be in the playoffs. Well, this point I think, I, like you said, the, the story of the game was shutting down Mark Thompson. Yeah. And they only, as an offense, they only averaged 3.4 yards of play. Yeah, that's crazy. Play. You're not going to do shit with that. Now, now that we saw this against the Stallions, I think I'd rather see somebody else play in the playoffs than mm-hmm. the gamblers. Well, it's very interesting in the South. New Orleans has to lose. And the much. gamblers have to win, and, and then they're playing each other. Yeah. Oh. Really? Um, but if if um, the gamblers win, I, how the fuck? How the fuck I was looking you? at this earlier, and I tried, and I just stopped, and I was hoping that one of you guys would be able to work word it out for me. But it's kind of insane because even all the divisional <laughs> records are so. Everybody's either two and three or three and two in the division, mm-hmm. and they're all playing each other. The teams yeah, that are flat points then. In, no, yeah. I think Memphis needs New Orleans loss, and Memphis needs to beat the Stallions. Yeah, I believe you're correct. That's and what then I was coming the to Gamblers right need to they need to beat the Breakers. Yeah. Um, but if again, if the Memphis Showboats win and the Breakers lose, mm-hmm. the Memphis Showboats are in. But if the Gamblers beat the Wait, Breakers, then, so obviously, the obviously, Memphis Showboats lose, then the Gamblers are in. Yeah, obviously, but Memphis Memphis needs New Orleans to lose. Yeah. But if that happens, Houston wins. So. Who gets in well, between again, Houston and... Houston has to have Memphis... Like, they have to win, plus they have to have Memphis lose. Oh, I got so you. So, if Memphis so loses... Memphis will get in there. Yeah. If Memphis wins against the Stallions, and they need the Gamblers win, the Showboats are in. Okay. Because they need the Showboats' loss. I get it. I'm, I'm talking it through. Yeah, 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 I understand. But New Orleans would need to lose, though, right? Yes. Yeah. For Memphis. Yeah. yeah. yeah so, yeah. Gam- the Gamblers yeah, can still win. Yeah, because they just win, them the fuck out. But they yeah, still need the Showboats to lose. So, at this point, I think I'd rather see... The breakers the most out of yeah. all those teams, 100%. and they they met in the playoffs last year with Kyle Slaughter and Kyle Slaughter's QB three on the Stallions now. So um, there's something to think about. They do have a little bit of an edge. Betting insight, betting yeah. insight for sure. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, so but yeah, I think I think I definitely, and I think we are going to see the breakers. McLeod versus Magoo. I think that's a yeah a thing. And it's, it should be the consistently probably been the two better teams, if not the two best teams in the league. The two I mean, best quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can, I, I can agree. And that would be a hell of a playoff matchup to see. And honestly, like, yeah, the Showboats just won five in a row, but I they still scored three points. Yeah, I still think when it comes, I mean, I mean, I mean, this is this is probably a good transition to get into to that game, the last game of week nine, thirty-one to three. Fucking a, that's just so bad. For a team that just won five in a row, just completely stuttered. And we were, yeah. we were sort of, I mean, myself at least, were dogging the breakers the last yeah. couple of weeks for being the team that was stuttering, you know. Yeah. And now the team that was streaking the most, they were just number one in Fox Sports power rankings. The Showboats come out and just drop a dud with three points. Yeah. 
And I agree with, I'm going to take what Logan said about the Gamblers and say this about the Shitless. They don't deserve to be in the playoffs. This is their second game of the year uh, where they've no. scored three points or less. Um, they've been humiliated twice. That's inconsistency. They're, I, I don't see them being successful in one-and-done situations. It's good that they won five games. Yeah. Um, it's progression. It is. They're getting better. They are. Um, but they just need a better... I, I hate to say this about Cole Kelly. They probably need a better quarterback. A more consistent quarterback. Yeah. I think they can start from day one and you know not have to worry about pulling or, or anything. Exactly. Um, but this game, again, was had the rain delay. So maybe that played an effect, but well, you can't when, I didn't game. watch the full game, but when was the rain delay? Bro, it was for like three hours. Really? Like, like, did the but, game already start? Yeah, or? it was like midway through the first quarter. Oh, because I'm literally the last the play, highlights. The last play before they called it was a botch snap. Cole runs. <laughs> that back. was the last play. Yes, Cole runs oh, back to get it, my. and he throws and it, it up towards. Six. Yeah, it was a pick six. Was a pick six. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> and that's one of the, that's one of the things I took away from so the poor decision making led to like a hot start for the Breakers, and they got out like what seventeen nothing in the first mm-hmm. quarter. Then from there, they bro, just bro, McLeod Bethel Thompson had eighty eight passing yards. But that's and that's crazy. and that's one of the things I touched on. Like that's what sort of stood out to me the most. That is crazy. Not the defense had not the most shots. this weekend, but one of the things that sort of piqued my eye the most as a whole was just the breakers' ability to score in so many different ways. Yeah, they had a passing touchdown. They had a rushing touchdown. They scored on an um, end around sweep. They scored on an inside zone. They scored defensively. You write it up. You think of it. They did it yeah. as far as scoring touchdowns. You know, and, but we also know that they have the offensive stat leaders at quarterback and running back yard-wise yep. throughout the season. So you know that they're going to be able to rely on them, but they know now if they have one of those one-off nights, they can score in these other ways. They can yeah. rely on their defense. They can use their running game and their playmakers and everything that they have to yeah. their to their use, to their advantage, you know. Let their characters get them into good field position. And they are now on a two-game win streak. So, you know, maybe – I mean, they have to win. Yeah. I mean – Every yeah. team this weekend has to win. The North is more fucked than anything. Whoever the victor of the two matches are, is, those are the playoff teams. I think New Orleans can beat the Gamblers, though. I think, I think so, but it's also going to come down I'm to... I'm not going to sleep on the Gamblers. You can't sleep on Mark Thompson. If he has a three-touchdown performance, bro... That's single-handedly what carried them over the Stallions earlier this year. So, yeah. Trevor, when is, uh, is Bo Scarborough ever going to come back? I think he's actually getting activated like this upcoming weekend with Scooby Wright, bro. They're getting fresh legs for the fucking playoffs, bro. Bo wow. Scarborough and uh, JMR Smith is throwing again, so they gotta keep Magooing. They gotta keep Magooing, but like again, you never know what you know Skip Holtz could do in the playoffs, bro. They did win with both of those guys playing last year, um, and it's they even put Alex McGill wide out in the championship game. Wow. Yeah, they, I mean they they have fun, so I. I'm excited to see some of these guys get back for the Stallions. They haven't even been 100% health-wise. Like, they've actually been the most battered team on IR. Um, Stallions? Yeah. So, the fact that they're still 8-2, and two, they've only lost three games in two seasons, that's fucking amazing. Like, Skip Holtz should get a nod for something like a, you know, maybe a OC or DC position sometime soon. Maybe at a college, a high-level college facility or program. But Or maybe he sticks with the league and just becomes... The best USFL coach of all time, which, you know what, that's not bad to have on your resume, in my opinion. I think it's semi-competitive you know, ball. And you know, I'm sure he has a lot of connections, too, and like I'm sure a lot of people know him. UAB so and stuff like know, that. And if, uh, you know, you set up an NFL coach needs a guy or something. That's what I'm saying, bro. Like, he'd be like, probably the prime candidate but, to uh, I'm grab. Sure, I'm sure he wants to be a head coach, though. Yeah. yeah. So I think maybe if he solidifies a legitimate career in the USFL, you know, maybe a 
poverty NFL franchise will give him a shot one day with maybe a college, good interview. College program yeah, I mean he's coached at University of uh, not not Alabama, but uh, it's like UAB, mm-hmm. um, mm. and he did good things there, and he actually brought a lot of guys that he coached into the Stallions. That's why I mean they're so rooted with Birmingham. Like that is probably the most I guess in touch with the community team. Um, but I guess I just want to throw out the stat leaders for the offensive side of the ball. Uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson with 2206 uh, passing yards. West Hills running back for the Breakers, um, 659 rushing yards. Corey Coleman, wide receiver for the Philadelphia Stars, 614 mm-hmm. receiving yards. So those are like the big three. Um, Caden, what are your thoughts on Corey Coleman? I know you're a big Stars guy, yeah. but what are your thoughts on what he's shown you this year? Do you think he can get back to that next level? Honestly, what he showed me this year is great talent and you know great footwork but honestly like he like the reason why he's not in the NFL is because of those hands fucking brick hands it's the same Corey Coleman Coleman. I see him go on a slant Case throws the ball to him he fucking drops it he's dropped I don't know how many touchdown passes or you know passes that could have been led to a touchdown but I see (laughs) him make these you know these mistakes that don't fly in the NFL Mm -hmm. if if the ball hits your hands you catch it you catch it that's not how the NFL works you don't drop a ball game time. You know well, I mean? mean, granted, he has had those drops and stuff like that. I don't think he'll get, you know, back to that starting no, position no. in the NFL. No. Maybe a practice squad, mm-hmm. um, which I, isn't a bad honestly, idea. Honestly, if he was in practice squad, I feel like it would be better for his career just to stay, stay in the USFL. Yeah, no, that's the argument out, about it now. Yeah, you know? You're putting out real game time tape. You know, you're playing. You know, there's, there's nothing. You can't get better sitting you know, in a practice facility running drills. And you can actually create a legacy for yourself, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is a, its own league. You're a starter. Exactly. There's fans for this who knows? Who knows what this might be in 10 years from mm-hmm. now? As the a league as a whole. They look exactly. back as, oh, wow, shit. Year two, like, you can have a legacy based off that. It might not be, like, what you want it to be or what it's its own fans now, but 10 years from now, it might be. Yeah. And it will still be held the same way even though it was year one, yeah. year two. So yeah. like, this shit will matter one day if you do care about that. If you care about football. Aspect of it, know? yeah. But um, a milestone, I guess it's not really Monday, but a couple milestones this past weekend. Uh, Kenji Bahar crossed 2,000 career USFL passing yards. Trey Walker uh, crossed 500 career USFL receiving yards. And Joe Walker crossed 800 career USFL receiving yards. Um, just shout out to those guys. Um, <laughs> I don't know if Kenji's going to... Get more than that, but we'll see. Jesus Christ. Scooby Wright was moved to the inactive roster for the Birmingham Stallions. Um, so we, we might see him moved up to that active roster week 10, but if I was Skip Holtz, I'm saving him for the playoffs. Um, maybe, maybe he'll get his feet wet in the, in the couple drives. Game, yeah. Um, maybe let him get the start, but pull him in the second half. But another free agency signing for the Panthers, just trying to make a Hail Mary here. Uh, Tyree Johnson out of Texas A&M. That's a big school, kind of shocking. You know, he might be under contract for next year. We'll see. Um, just shout out to him. Hopefully he balls out in week 10. And then C.J. Marable uh, has actually passed 1,000 uh, all-purpose yards. Um, he's the league leader in that, so shout out to him for that. He's yeah. a good runner. Now, honestly, to me, he's the most promising running back, like young, like young mm. promising running back in the USFL. When I see him play... He doesn't make many mistakes. You know, he he knows when to run out of bounds when he needs to. You know, he's very conscious of what's going on in the game. And, you know, I see a lot of I see a lot of potential in his future. You know, it, not only in just the USFL, but you know, if he keeps on going and you know, keeps on trucking on, maybe a little stint in the NFL. 
Yeah. What a running back room that is. Once they get Scarborough back, yeah. mm, Jesus I mean, Christ. And, and they do Alex have at quarterback. Ricky Pearson Jr., who isn't bad, um, but Alex McGill is the rushing leader for the team. But Marable, I, I just want to touch on Marable a little bit. He has the speed. He's very mm-hmm. fast. He doesn't, like you said, he doesn't miss assignments. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you see him actually make really good plays for them when they need him. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe a practice squad stint or maybe, you know, that pass catching back in, the run, in that running back room. Uh, could come in for a battered running back room for like one of the poverty teams or something like that, but it, it would be nice to see him, you know, yeah. get some starting time or and something like that. He doesn't play like him, but he looks like a like a Dollar General Tyreek Hill. <laughs> I mean, I, it's it, the number. that's not a no, that's not a terrible, hair. you know, that's not a terrible thing. Hair in the nose ring. Um, no, that's true though. He yeah. does kind of look like him, but uh, no, shout out to Marable though. He's a fun player to watch, and he's been a consistent player for the Stallions for the past two years. Um, and just, I guess, moving on to what we think our predictions are going to be for week 10. Um, what do you guys think moving forward here? What are your predictions? And Brandon, if you wanted to get into some bets, uh, after that, we can definitely tap into that. But, uh, if you guys wouldn't mind pulling up the schedule. I got right here first. Oh, no, that's just the, uh, so, uh, week one, uh, I mean, I mean, game one (laughs) of week 10. 1 p.m. on USA is Pittsburgh Maulers versus New, Jer- New Jersey Generals. Win or mm. nothing? Mm. This is it. I'm going with the Maulers. Yes. For I'm, sure. Yes. Sir. Troy Williams. Yes, sir. Um, mm. give, your, uh, give your score prediction, though, Love. Score prediction. Uh, I'm going to say like 17 to 13. Mm. Okay. The over-under is only 40 and a half. Very thick thighs yeah, right there. Yeah, 100%. That's the that's the one fucking lock I know I was gonna fucking have this weekend that I forgot to place was the Panthers and Maulers under. It was like forty one. Oh. That was my lock of the week and I just forgot to fucking place it, man. But That was free money. Yeah. I think <laughs> I think this weekend with this game sort of gonna follow the same trends. I'm so torn on who to pick. New Jersey's favored by three and a half. I just I'm going with the, I'm going with the I might I kind of I just have regency bias for both teams now, you know. Um, but I think the generals just sort of displayed more grit and more unity as a team, trying to fight for this playoff spot last week against the Stars, the team at the top of the division, a rival, um, a team that honestly no slouch offensively, you know, with Port yeah. Holman just t- touching on him, Case coaches touching on him, um, and I just I saw so much from that offense, just simplifying things, but then using it to their advantage when it opened up the more complex and deeper parts of their playbook with mm-hmm. the trick plays and the deep throws to Daryl Stewart down the field. Yeah. And even the performance I saw from their defense, you know, obviously they gave up 33 points, but until the fourth quarter, they only had 16 points they gave up. And, you know, and once Chase Cook just gets streaky, it's kind of hard to stop him. Yeah. Um, but is. just the effort I saw from that defense as a whole, whether it was Colin Hill, that one-handed strip and just fucking took mm. the ball right from his hands like that. Like, that's a grown man fucking play right yeah. there. You yeah, know? That was. Um, Shout out to Paris Ford as well and Chris Orr. Those guys are also standout playmakers. On Chris Orr's been snapping even since last year. Yeah, he's a dog. I just, I think the Mahler's offense will be the demise of them, unfortunately. I really hope they do prove me wrong, but if I'm making a safe prediction. I think the Generals do come through this game with a 17-10 to 10 win. Mm. Um, 
But yeah, I wanted to I wanted to get your thoughts on that, Trevor, based off of one I, guy picking Maulers, one guy picking Jones. I'm gonna go with the Maulers. Um I just think their defense is way better. They're not mm-hmm. letting anyone score thirty one points on them, bro. Like that's just that's just not yeah. I mean, besides that stars game, but like you said, once Case gets going, it's hard to stop them. He's one of those guys. But I mean I really do think this is gonna be a lot closer than we think, and I think it's gonna be a lot high scoring mm. a high scoring game. Um I think it'll be uh twenty eight to twenty four. Uh, the Maulers, and I, I think that Troy Williams will have his best day of, of his USFL stint so far. Anything's possible. And Isaiah Henney, I think he'll have a nice a nice day as well. I just think overall, the Maulers are more of a gritty team, and mm. you know when it comes down to the wire, like I oddly trust the father and son duo at head coach, the Horton family, um, and defensive coordinator his son Jaron Horton, who's done a great job in these two years with his defense. Uh, shout out to Boogie Roberts and. Uh, Reuben Foster, Keava Tizino, just so many dogs on that defensive side of the ball that, I mean, they're gonna they're gonna let twenty four go up on them, but it's just because DeAndre Johnson is a really good quarterback. He has forty thousand followers on Instagram for a fucking reason. He's a he's a legitimate player, um, and he's not gonna go down without a punch. But um, I, I do think the Maulers are gonna pull out here just with better coaching, but also just better mm. defensive play. It's going to come down to a turnover. Mm. There's going to be a turnover in the third quarter that's going to just switch the whole tempo. And, and also, we were talk, talking about time of possession. I think that's going to actually go the way it should. And I think the Maulers will dominate the time of possession and, and win this game. But, Caden, uh, how about yourself? What are your thoughts on this? I do agree with you that it's going to be a lower scoring game, but I do think that the New Jersey Generals do take this one just because of the return of mm. you know, DeAndre Johnson coming back and what he did against the Stars. And or split. Exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. But uh, I, I also do you know hope that it's the Generals making it in because I want all the smoke. I, I want to see want the Generals to make it. Oh, I Philly fan, I got you, I got you. Exactly. The rivalry is real, bro. Yeah, mm-hmm. see, and I'm rooting for the Maulers too. I just... I'm, I think I'm just more sold on the recency bias of Darius Victor and um, DeAndre Johnson than I am mm. Troy Williams and Ruben Foster in that defense, unfortunately. But I do like the Maulers. Everything about them, their jerseys, their vibe, their players, their defense, like I, I like them. It's They're easy to root for. They're fun to root for. I just I just really think that offense is going to let them down at the end of the day. And they're kind of like a Pittsburgh team. Yeah. You know, like defensively Great. led. And but like, <clears throat> which I I feel like might be some of the reason that I do feel that way towards them because it's there's something poetic about it that no matter if it's the USFL, NFL, NHL, MLB, anything, it's, it's just that Pittsburgh, team, yeah. it's that Pittsburgh culture, you know. And I'm really glad that they I you know obviously you guys know I've kind of been a fan of them since last year. Loved their purple and orange uniforms. I really did. Black and yellow. You know, but I'm really glad they rebranded the team. And, um, I, I'm really glad that they did the gold and black. I thought that that was good to relate it more to Pittsburgh. And, you know, when they do eventually get in there into Pittsburgh, you know, hopefully the fans will be like, oh, you know what? This is, you know, this yeah. is my Dollar General Pittsburgh team. And I can go and root for them and still wear my Pittsburgh gear. Exactly. And I'm not shitting on anyone in the USFL by saying that, but like, we it's the reality. It is. It's the reality. It's the reality of what it is now. For now, this the USFL I, could be a solid number two. I do want to ask this, and it honestly, it might persuade my prediction in a different way but what is how is the general's pass rush how is their front seven really is, good Toby Johnson Hercules Atafa they um, also have one of the best defenses because in the they yeah because I'm obviously I'm still getting used to this USFL life so I'm still trying to figure out safety number five Luani yeah look out for him he's a hard hitter he's, he's the hardest hitting safety in the league and like I said Chris Orr linebacker yeah. he's a dog and then you you know you got um, um 
like I said, Hercules and Matata. I'm starting to sway more away from that mainstream thing and really start diving into the names and everything like that. But one thing that stood out to me the most from the Pittsburgh-Michigan game was I think you guys gave up six sacks to Michigan. Yes. Which... If, if that's going to trans- translate to the Generals, who are, I mean, who would you com- who would you put higher, the Generals or the Panthers pass rush? I know they have the sack leader in the, the Panthers. Panthers. I would say, I would say just Panthers. because of Breeland Speaks. Yeah. Breeland Speaks I mean, is But do you think X-Factor. they're far off, though? Like, so you no. have Panthers 1, like Generals 2 or 3 in the lead or something like it's that? It's weird. I think the best defenses are up north. Yeah. yeah. And I think number one is the Maulers, and I think number two the generals is be. probably the Generals, and number three I would go Breakers because they have a really yeah. good defensive line with Brailford and Sean. Uh, you want to keep your eye out for those guys. They're okay. they're really good playmakers, but as far as the Panthers, I would probably put them at four just because at defense in total, they're not as good as the, the Generals, but their pass rush is better just in my superior, opinion. Superior, yeah. Just because, just because of Breland speaks, bro. Speaks. He has nine sacks in nine games, and he gets he gets tackles for losses. They have Frank fucking Ginda. Yeah. Who is, Frank Bunda. He is my, like, I'm not going to lie, he might be my favorite player in the league. Yeah. Like, he had 94 tackles last year in 10 games. They went three and seven. Jesus. He's about to break 90 again this year. Kayaba Tazino is ahead of him. He's ahead of him. That's He's crazy. Like, that's fucking... That's crazy. Just think about that. That's double digits tackles and every game. We're not just stealing these milestones on the offensive side. The defensive side, uh, too. I love it, man. It, and, you know, it's sad to say because, like, I want to see Frank Ginda, you know, in an NFL uniform, but he just but doesn't, have the, he doesn't have the body. He's, yeah. he's not he's not that size of a linebacker. He's sm- probably smaller than Malcolm Rodriguez. Um, but one thing about him, wherever the ball is, you're going to see number four. But you're that's what this leads for, I feel like. It you is. know, it gives us the opportunity to appreciate these types of players. That, And exactly. I, think it, I think it should never really be more than that, to be honest with you. I, I don't think it would do the same justice. I think we ruin it when we start, like, actually trying to compare it to the NFL. Because it's exactly. not that. You know, exactly. like, the NFL is it's a, a premier... Own tier thing, so and that's the best. pretty much runs the fucking yes. world. Yes, there's 1,500 the players for a reason. Better in there. Mm. You need to just start thinking about this as its own thing. And like, if you're just tuning into it for the first time, and I think that's why you started liking it yourself, Brandon, was because you didn't think about, oh, I'm watching the Chicago Bears mm. right now. Like, I can kind of like, oh, that play kind of reminds me. Hopefully, I'll be thinking about watching the Chicago Blitz though. Let's hope they come back. You know, like in the expansion, but. Um, I guess we got kind of off topic. But yeah, there. I think I think I'm, I would stay with my prediction. Then I just I think that I just fuck man, I really don't want that old line to just be the demise of the the Maulers. And it might be, and they do have a good left tackle in Terry Poole, all USFL tackle last mm-hmm. year. Um, and it's actually cool. I just wanted to briefly notate this: the all USFL team is very very premier, like not premier as in you know it's like a fucking Pro Bowl or anything, but it is the best of each position. You only get one per mm-hmm. position on this team and it's a really good honor and he was on it last year so he wasn't bad but what really is fucking them and Logan will get a good laugh about this but it's a guy named John Dyson um, <laughs> and he uh, let up I think five sacks on the Philadelphia Stars oh uh, he got cut Trump by them in week five. Oh, that guy yeah long hair guy, guy. Him at halftime yeah long yeah. hair guy was shit bro yeah long, <laughs> we call him long, long hair guy, guy. Um, and his name is John Dyson he is their left guard he is fucking terrible. He's horrible. Um, and I Sorry. don't get me wrong. The start to suspect him. Bro. John Dyson, we love you, bro. But, I, I, but like, maybe get him on the show. <laughs> no, we, we need to get him on the show for sure, but no. I asked him like, why he was so terrible. At the guard <laughs> position, he's not it. And the sad thing is, I think he was at the right tackle spot 
last weekend. So him at a tackle? <laughs> no. That, those are important key pieces to the line. If he's dog shit at guard, he's going to be horrid at tackle. John Dyson. Shout out to him. Dude, I feel like that's going to be a good game on such a bad network, though. What network? It's, it's on, on USA. USA. Oh, but you know what? If you're listening, tune into this, guys. I mean, yeah. th- this is going to be a good game. If you're in fucking Belgium right now, stream it. If you're in fucking West Africa, you know, get your homies over and tune in. Um, but what's the second game of Week 10? The uh, second game that day, we got Birmingham and Memphis, um, 4 o'clock on Fox. That's going to be a good game on a big network. Um this is huge because there's no implications for the Stallions. They've already clinched the number one seed. They get home field advantage, which is massive. This game's in Memphis. This game is the last Memphis home game, so they're going to show out because they need to win. They, they care about their football in they Tennessee, do. too, no matter what it is. They do. I'm going with Birmingham, though. Yeah, you have to. There's a possibility that we were talking about in the last episode. Jamar Jamar mm-hmm. is, is, is uh, healthy now. Um, what do you I, do? Get him in there just to see what he has? Maybe, that's what I'm thinking. Maybe like the last couple quarters. He broke his thumb on his throwing hand. And so. you can just, I mean, that wouldn't be a bad idea just putting him in just to, yeah. even if, not even for your own benefit, but I mean, I guess it would be still for your own benefit, but it would just strike more fear and defensive mm-hmm. coordinators going into the playoffs and more things for them to think about and lose sleep exactly. over. Especially if I he agree. does well. You know what I mean? I think we'll keep Magoo in though I because he's them, yeah. he's having a God, they're averaging 29 points a game yeah they are they're going off but I think they'll keep Magoo in and I think the Stallions will take this maybe uh, maybe they will pull him at some point yeah you know, in the second half when they're, 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 they're up 28 yeah. to 7 they already clinched yeah. they put in Slaughter or who's the other guy Jalen Morton Jalen Morton who's a young yeah. kid and he's gonna be there next year for sure or maybe they wanna put the showboats out you know that's what I'm <laughs> yeah, thinking because yeah. Alex Magoo's nearly at 20 passing touchdowns he's He's doing really good things. But I don't see him as that type of guy to let off the gas. No. Especially knowing in the playoffs, like I feel like he would rather have his guys still fresh and oiled up and like yeah. ready to go. I think it's going to be Stallions sounded, 28. Let me, let, me, let me retract that because I don't yeah, want his guys all fresh and oiled up. But. <laughs> Phrasing. Um, pause the reason. But no, I'll take the Stallions 28 to 17 here. I think I'm being generous on the, on the showboats points, but... I mean, they've showed that they can do stuff. I mean, they, they have Derek Dillon. They have Vinny Papali. They have Daniel Helm. They got good playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. You know, TJ McDaniel, uh, Osiris Mitchell. Good receivers, but, you know, that quarterback position has just been suspect. I, I really wish that we got to see Ryan Willis this year, IFL MVP, that they signed before the, the beginning of the season. I really wish that we got to see some reps out of him. We got one drive, um, and... That was in their game three performance where they were annihilated forty-two to two, and it was th- he got sacked three times in a row. I don't remember seeing that. And <laughs> he, I think the play that he actually got sent out of the game because I think he was out for two weeks on IR because of a rib injury. He got fucking annihilated against the Stallions. Mm. I, I think it was legitimately Scooby Wright who sacked him mm. and just like bro, I remember like he fumbled the ball. On, it was he's six five. And he got pushed back, bro. I just remember, like, if you guys want to, YouTube that hit, bro. It was big. Um, but, no, I'm going to take the Stallions probably, you know, 24, 28 to 17, I'd say. How about you, Katie? I'm going to also take the Stallions here. I do agree with uh, Logan and, and, and Brandon here. I don't think they're going to let off the gas, especially when they're at such a high speed, you know. And just going into the you know, going into the playoffs, why would you want to go into the playoff walking when you can go in flying? You know what I yeah. mean? So it's uh I do see them going scoring over twenty points, but I'm gonna go uh, twenty one to fourteen. 
I do think the, the, the Memphis Showboats are going to put up some sort of a fight just because the season's on the line. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Birmingham Stallions are going to take care of business. Logan? Um, yeah, I'm taking the Stallions. I'm going to say, like, 24 to 14. You know, I, I think at some point <clears throat> Magoo would probably be pulled if, you know, if they're comfortably up. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I don't trust the Showboats at all. I don't. Um, the Stallions are just a better team in every way. So I, I think they'll, they'll coast into... The playoffs, yeah. Interesting coaching matchup, though. Todd Haley yeah. and Skip Holtz. Yeah. Very and interesting. It, they played once before, and obviously it was the 42-2 to two, um, this season. And they played twice last year, obviously, as the Bandits. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this goes. But I, I just can kind of already see... You know, maybe a fucking one-sided victory, bro. Yeah, I'm not really going to touch much on it. I'm just going to go straight up. I think 35-10. to 10, cool. Stallions win that wow. convincingly. Wow. The showboats just get blown out of the do you, water. Do you, think, do you think Magoo breaks 20 passing touchdowns this game? What's he at right now? I think he's at 19, but if you don't mind just double-checking that. If he's at 19, I'm saying heck to the yeah. Um, but I would double check. He might be at 18. I'm not sure. He had two He's left. at 18. He's at 18. Okay. So, are we talking about just I'm hitting talking, 20 no, or no, surpassing three. 20? Like, uh, 21, 22. Like, do you think he has a monster game? You know what? Just out of hopes to, like, have something like that happen and be able to witness it, yes. Yes. Because I want to... I think he's... He's not going to go into that game without that on his mind. And I think he's going to have that swagger and that confidence that, like, I'm just going to fucking go for it and just use his BDE and just get it. And that, that swagger and confidence definitely plays an effect in his game. Like yeah, you were talking about 100%. how emotional he is. And it definitely can be a con, but it also is definitely a benefit because, like, once he's on, bro, like, dude, he's hitting every out route, yeah, every comeback it's, route. It's all about baggage. And anywhere you're going, anywhere you're going in life, especially whether it's sports, workplace, anywhere, is does your performance outweigh your baggage mm. at the end of the day? That's what it comes down to. And his performance leaps and bounds outweighs his baggage. I fuck with that. Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, like you said, he has his cons with it, but, I mean, there's really not many times. It's few and far. this year. Yeah, it's few and far between, you know? Yeah. And you're right. I mean, the good always outweighs the bad with him. Even the one interception he did have this past weekend, I mean, he did kind of force it, but um, it was sticky coverage, but he was trying to make a play, and he came back and won them the and game. And that's something, he, like you said, he comes right back and wins the game because he's aware of that. He's like, oh, shit, yeah, I forced that. Let me come back in here and make up for it not do that shit again you know yeah. he's aware of what is going on at all times and that was a tight game you know going into the fourth quarter I mean, and then they just pulled off but um what's the third game of this week 10 uh we got uh the third game at four o'clock on sunday on fx uh, excuse me fs1 fox sports one new orleans against houston mm. what, are your thoughts on, what are your thoughts on this list uh it's Breakers tough. It really is. It is. But I'm going to go to New Orleans. Mm. Um, They're favored by four. But, you know, I, I won't be surprised if the Gamblers do beat them. But I just think the the Breakers are the better team. And it's they, they need this win. So I'm going to go with the Breakers. I'm going to say 31, 31-30. I think it's going to mm. be a close game. Wow. I do think it's going to be a close game. The over is 44 and a half. Definitely, no, over. definitely bet over. And yeah. do you real quick, Lowe's, do you think they're starting Kenji or nah? Yeah, I mean you might as well. You got this far with them. If he has one of those games where he doesn't turn it over. Yeah, they're one and four when he turns it over, and that one game was honestly a fifty-fifty coin flip because it was 
came down to a fourth quarter clutch drive in the last two minutes. And Which was nice to see him do yeah. that, but mm-hmm. you just don't see it enough. Um, yeah. Maybe Mark Toslik can get going and not get shut down like he did last week. Yeah. Um, but Is this the two best running backs in the league going up against it? Yeah. Yeah, Wes Hills league. and Mark Thompson for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, wow. I didn't think about and that. In a league that's, I mean, from what I've seen over the last month coming into it, the most, I guess, sufficient or predominant or consistent, I guess, part of the game is the run game yeah. throughout the entire league. Obviously, you're going to have a one through eight ranking. There's going to be a best and the worst, but everybody consistently, from what I've seen, has been able to run the ball at certain points of every yeah. game. Yeah. Especially when they need to. Yeah. yeah. And that's going to be something to really look out for in this game. What is your prediction for this one? I. I think the New Orleans Breakers are going to come through again. I think this is going to be the game of the week by far. Um, potential for contender for game of the year with the Stars and Generals last week. Yeah. But I just I don't know if that's going to be possible. But I think I think the Breakers come through. They win this 27-24. I think Mark Thompson does go off for two more touchdowns. Um, but I think at the end of the day, Bethel Thompson, his experience, West Hill, his consistency, and the weapons they have at receiver – it's just going to be too much mm-hmm. for the breakers or uh, for the gamblers. I'm sorry. I agree. Um, and I really do think that Darius Victor and DeAndre Johnson they're going to put up a very valiant fight, very valiant effort. Mm-hmm. And they don't have any slouches on offense either. Braden Bowman, um, like I said, Darius Victor, he's good. Daryl Stewart, Hall. yeah, Justin Hall. They're they're very potent on offense as well as far as their talent. Oh wait, Darius Victor and DeAndre Johnson are on the Generals. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Um, I'm thinking mm-hmm. of. Mark Thompson and Justin Hall, they have Teal Redding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isaiah Zuber. Yeah, Zuber. Yeah, let me, let me retract that. Doug, Doug Peterson's son. Uh, Josh, Josh, Josh Peterson. Peterson. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not, no, not, they, not too good, but he's, he's Doug Peterson's son. That's all that matters. Yeah. yeah I started writing off all the general players. No, but I, I agree with you that the Gamblers do have the potential to put up a good fight here, but uh, I, I'm going to take the Breakers. I'll probably, I'll probably take 31. or Actually, no, I'll take 28 to 20. Breakers, um, and, and I think that'll spoil the other two Southern teams' uh, chances, and they're going to meet again, uh, the Stallions in the playoffs. So that'll be interesting to see if the same two Southern teams consistently keep meeting there in the playoffs. That'll definitely be a rivalry. But what was your score prediction, Brandon? Uh, 20, 27-24. Okay. Um, yeah, what I was wanting to get at was I was looking at the general stats, but I think Bahar is just going to be the downfall for them again. Um, that's I think we'll turn over this game. Yeah, and yeah, history, probably three. history will repeat itself, and Mark Thompson can only do so much to keep up with yeah. an offense as pro- prolific as New Orleans. Yeah. But, yeah, that's that's what I'm going with. I think it's going to be a valiant effort, but New Orleans will pull through. How about yourself, Caden? Uh, I'm actually going to go upset here. I'm, I'm going to go uh, Gamblers winning, mm. and I do think it will be another close game, high-scoring game. But, uh, oh my God. Maybe I'm a fool for trusting for trusting Kenji, but uh, I'm gonna stick with my my southern team, and uh, I'm, I'm gonna go with the Gamblers here. And they will get the playoffs. Uh, if they win, they're in. Well, no, if they win and Memphis loses, they're okay. in. Memphis losing, yeah. Okay. So uh, yeah, I do want them to make it into the playoffs, and I do think they can do it with a bang. I'm gonna go 28-21. Uh, okay. And what's the final uh, game of Week Ten here? Philadelphia Stars versus the Michigan Panthers. You know, with the Stars. Easy. And what network's that on? That's going to be on Fox Sunday at 7 p.m. Okay. And Logan, you're taking the Stars? Yeah, for sure. Taking the Stars. I don't, yeah. trust, I don't trust Panthers. I don't trust Josh Love. Um, you know, maybe uh, Brendan Speaks gets like three sacks this game and 
maybe cases a pick or two, but I, I just, I don't know, the Stars are, are rolling right now. They're the better team, have been all year. Yeah. So I'm going to go with them. Uh, I'm going to say uh, uh, 24-10. Okay. I respect 27-10. 27-10. Got you. How about yourself, Brandon? What is What are your thoughts on this prediction here? I'm going right there with Logan. I'm riding with the Stars all the way. I think it's going to be a higher scoring game, even though the Panthers, we keep talking about, just don't get off to a hot start at all. They just can't put up points in the first half for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. But I think the Stars' defense is still just that bad. And Josh Love is going to be able to have a couple of those throws that we still did see last game Yeah. Um, against Pittsburgh. But I think that offense with Case Cook is, is just going to be way too much. Even without Corey Coleman, I think Cookus would be able to will this team yeah. over over Michigan any day, honestly. Um, I'm not sure what their head-to-head this season is. Um, I think that they, they're looking for a sweep here. I think yeah. the Stars beat them already. So I think they're going to clean sweep if that is the case. Um, I think it's going to be a 31 to uh, 21 game. Okay. The Phillies are going to come away with it and okay. punch their ticket. So, yeah. How about yourself, kid? Uh, I mean, they're my they're my team. I got to ride with the Stars, right? And uh, like like Logan was saying, they're on a roll, and the Panthers are not. And yeah, the Panthers won last week, right? No, they, they lost. Oh, they lost. Yeah, they yeah, lost. Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, I thought it was the other way around. But, um, yeah, I, I don't see Kevin Love coming in there and getting the job done. Josh Kevin, Kevin Love. Love. I mean, Go. Yeah, Josh Love. Kevin Love would do it. Hey, we all yeah, make mistakes. Kevin, Kevin Love. Kevin Love would do it. <laughs> Probably would. Kevin Love's a good passer. Probably. He is, bro. Remember those full-court passes? Yeah. Holy shit. But, uh, yeah, Case Cook is going to come in there, drop some dimes, get some touchdowns, get us into the playoffs. Yeah, and then that's going to set up a exactly. New Jersey matchup. I want all the smoke with New Jersey. I want to meet them in the playoffs. I want a repeat of last year. Got the same predictions. Exactly. But uh, I do have the Stars winning 28-14. to 14. I'm going to take the Stars. Um, I... Yeah, I'm going to take the Stars here. They have to win. Um, Case Kokus is a better quarterback than Josh Love. Um, both running games. Michigan has a better running game, but Reggie Corbin was out last week, but they're not premier. Um, but honestly, the, the Stars have more weapons. Michigan has a better defense. But yeah, I'm going to take the Stars in a pretty tight game here, 21-17. to 17. Um I'm definitely. I would definitely take the the over potentially in this game. Pull that back up. The the spread's even. They don't have a favorite. The uh, yeah. over under is forty two and a half. Uh, I said so you would fall. 10. I'm gonna go yeah. under. Go under. Yeah. No, yeah. No. I'm I'll hitting pro- the over on mine. Yeah, I'll probably hit the over too. Um, but no, nah, yeah. Nah, I'll take the stars here in in this final game of the regular season of the second season of the USFL. But um, any other final thoughts you guys had to, uh, to add here? I wanted to ask you just, so obviously we're at the tail end of season two now. We have season one results from last year, you know, as a fan following it. What is um, your biggest takeaway and what have you like sort of appreciated the most out of season two and what it's sort of given you as a fan compared to season um, two? The better production of the like league, uh, the TV, like animations, the transitions, the advertisements. It just seems like an actual like, you know, semi pro slash pro mm-hmm. league. The players even have their own little like cartoon graphic. Yeah, that's dope. Like happening. everything kind of got like better in like behind the scenes and cosmetically for the league. But I also have to say the play has gotten a lot better too. Quarterback play. Uh, I mean, obviously there's some guys that just you know what you know. Man lackluster but also kind of have bad days but also can have a really good day mm. and um, 
you know, you get to see a lot of that, but you also get to see some of the guys just trying to, you know, get up there and make a name for themselves. A guy on the Generals uh, out of uh, Jackson State, Isaiah Newman, keep your eye out for him. I think if he plays again next year, he'll get a call up to the NFL. Mm-hmm. He's fucking fast, bro. Ran a 4-2-8. I mean, yeah. he's fast. And you're, we're starting, for I am at least, starting to stumble across a lot of these, like, undrafted free agents from college that are mm-hmm. still, like, in their prime, at least physically, yeah. you know, 24 to 28 years old, you know, just trying to get a shot at their lifelong dream one day. Exactly. And you get to see that, and you get to see, like, some guys that, you know, played at San Jose State, probably never had a nationally televised fucking mm-hmm. game, you know, like, and now they're able to play, you know, in front of 900,000 viewers on a fucking Sunday night, you know, and if you play in some of the true, like, actual, you know, home cities like if you're going to Birmingham you're going to play in front of seven to 12,000 people on average mm-hmm. sometimes upwards of 18,000 if you play in Memphis you're going to play in front of thousands of people if you play in Michigan they had a really good crowd this year even though they sucked but they still love their team shout out to Big E yeah WWE superstar yeah he's been a Being part of the, it bro and their hype man yeah, he, and they actually play in Michigan in the mm-hmm. final week here so that's also something to take into consideration um but I don't know, man. I just really like uh, also having you know football during this time of year. You know, we don't normally have that, and it kind of made the off season quicker for me. Mm. And that's why I really try and dive into this because you know, mm. when it's over, football is like two months away, a month away, right when it's done. So just something to I guess maybe keep in mind for yourself if you're out there watching the USFL for the first time. But um, it's just de- genuinely like a storyline league. You know, mm. you're just seeing guys kind of just. You know, maybe that won't ever make it up, or guys that have just, you know, were there, like Ethan Westbrooks, and he's 32 years old, he's just fucking having fun, bro. Like, after every Michigan Panthers game, he's literally just chilling with the kids and the fans, like, he doesn't give a fuck, mm-hmm. he made millions. He played for the Rams, he got drafted mm-hmm. by Brad Holmes and shit, like, he played with Aaron Donald, like, guys like that, and you get to see them, and Ruben Foster, you know, he may never make it back, he's literally a walking mummy, mm-hmm. feel bad for the guy, he has fucking eight casts all over his body. But, I mean, he's still able to play, you know, at a high level, semi-high level ball and, you know, be a part of one of the better defenses in the league and showcase what he still has. I mean, mm-hmm. he didn't, didn't really get a really awesome shot in the league, you know. He had a gruesome injury and never really recovered from it. And it's cool to see him touch the field for the first time since 2019 in the 100%. USFL. Like, that's a story. Bo Scarborough is a story. Scooby Wright's a story. There's a lot of stories Alex in this league. Alex fucking McGill. Is a, is a story. I mean, he's an MVP right now, in my opinion, and I think all of our opinions. Yeah. But, um, no, I mean, it's it sucks that this league, uh, you know, only goes on for ten regular season weeks, but it's a perfect amount. It is. it is. It is. And it, it's it's unfortunate that it's coming to an end, season two already. But I'm excited for season three, and I think uh, we'll we'll definitely have more, uh, I guess, elite coverage on that, as well as NFL coming up here pretty soon. So. Um, Make sure you guys stay tuned in for that. And anything else you guys wanted to touch up on? And, uh, any last notes you wanted to leave? You nailed it on the head. Gotcha. Somos radis. Somos radis, for sure. But thank you, everyone, for supporting Tea Time Reports. Make sure you check out our Instagram and Twitter, at Tea Time Reports. Give us a follow. We appreciate the support. And uh, wait, Brandon, did you want to touch on any bets that you would? Or did you want to kind of just post them on the IG? No, I'll touch on them real quick. Okay. I was looking over them check out the schedule so I'll start with the first game Pittsburgh and New Jersey they're giving New Jersey minus three and a half over under that game is 40 and a half honestly I'm just gonna really touch the over under on this and I'm just gonna bet the under um I really don't think the two of those teams combined are gonna put up that many points um but given what the generals just did last week 
it really isn't too far out of proportion. But yeah. like you said earlier, that Pittsburgh defense is too good. Um, honestly, I already forget my score prediction, but I don't think it was over 40. Um, but we'll just have to go back to the tape, honestly, figure it out. But we have the receipts. We have the receipts indeed. Second game, Birmingham and Memphis. I'm just going to take Birmingham money line straight out to win this. Over-under is 43.5. Their spread's minus four. I'm just going to take Birmingham straight up. Um, the odds for that money line are 182. You have to bet $100 to win $82 back. Um, but still, it's in my eyes, it's a pretty for sure $82. Um, mm-hmm. You just got to be able to make sure you have that $100 we put yeah. down. Yeah. By no means am I any professional advice giver when it comes to betting. Yeah. Only give this type of money or put this type of money down if you have it set aside. Um, going into Sunday's game, New Orleans against Houston. They're giving New Orleans minus four. Honestly, this the lines it'd be exact same as the Birmingham game, minus four, then minus one eighty two for the money line. Um, I'm just gonna bet the over under on this. I'm gonna stay away from the spread. I'm gonna stay away from the money line because I do project the breakers to win, but I do think it can go either way at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. But I think there's gonna be forty five or more points combined between the two of them put up. Okay. So that's gonna be my third bet. Then to round out the weekend. I'm just going to take Philly straight up over Michigan. The game's at Ford Field. They still haven't won a game at Ford Field yeah. all year. Um, and that offense, like I said, was just too good. Going back to my prediction, and the Panthers' offense is just not too good, yeah. obviously. Um, especially when it comes to the first half. Um, but that game is even, which I'm really surprised about. Um, so there's really no beneficial way to take it. I'm just going to take Philadelphia straight up. Um, the, the line's minus 110. Um, so a little bit more favored there. Okay. Um, but yeah, so that rounds out my bets for this weekend. So make sure you tune in to at Tea Time Reports, and those will be posted um, every Friday before the games going into the weekend, and results are always posted, if not Sunday night, Monday morning. Gotcha. And, I appreciate uh, that. Of course, 6-4 and four this year, this last weekend. We tore, took a hit, unfortunately, but still up on the last month with this league. So It was kind of a fucked weekend. It was. But, you know, I, you're 6-4, and four, you're winning that shit, so... And definitely, we'll have a ton of more bets and kind of insider bets from Brandon and all of us, like coming up in the NFL season and stuff like that. So make sure you stay tuned, and uh, if you want to maybe follow us and potentially win some money, that's that's the goal, obviously, right? But uh, thank you everyone for tuning into this episode of USFL and Chill, and thank you everyone for giving me your time and giving the show your time. Really appreciate that, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Take care. Peace.